Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Karen Gallantry, GM at M Particular Customer Data Platform that enables marketing efforts is here to talk about a few proven revenue and sales practices that are known to yield results. Karen, we're really excited to have you here today. We're looking forward to some of the thoughts, some of the experiences and proven strategies and tips that you have up your sleeve that you'd like to share with us, that you'd like to talk about with the audience. So before we dive in, we'd love it if you can tell us more about yourself, your journey, what brought you to Mparticle and what is that role like now? What's a typical day at work like? Sure. So first of all, thanks very much for the invite, Paroma. It's an honor to have been invited to your program. So my career then is, is a long one. And throughout my career, I guess I've been quite lucky uh, to have worked in some fantastic technology companies. I somewhat fell into the technology sector really as a consequence of my birthplace and where I grew up. It wasn't planned. And in fact, after graduating in maths, I went on to qualify as an accountant, um, but soon realised that finance wasn't a great role for my personality. So I actually moved into systems implementation, project management roles. I did some financial controllership and then had the opportunity to move into sales, actually, and I think having had finance, project management and channel and sales experience, I ended up naturally levitating towards more operational roles somewhere in the last 10 years or so. I had a great opportunity in 2017 to join Okta. And from there on, I moved to Mparticle in 2019 as general manager and recently just became uh, chief revenue officer for Mparticle. Karen, that's a very interesting journey. And as a CRO now and over the years as well, I'm sure you've relied on a couple of uh, core strategies and trends that have enabled your efforts, that have helped you empower your team also and drive real value and real business. So could you talk about some of these? What has always been a strategy or a couple of strategies that you've strongly always believed in? Yeah, first, I always go with control the controllables and be really transparent with um where you're at on things. It doesn't really matter what role you're doing. It's particularly relevant though in sales because if you don't know where you are, that's kind of when surprises can happen and no one likes that and particularly people who are trying to predict the revenue outcome. So just be in control and, and just be transparent even when you're not to say you don't know, I think is a really powerful thing. And then the second thing I think around data capture and then dissemination of the data to the right people at the right time for decision-making is quite easy to make the wrong decision in a silo without all the information. So those are the two main things, I think, like just be in control, be transparent with what you're doing and have the data to really back up your decision making. Absolutely. And you said it yourself a little bit earlier that you've spent considerable amount of time in the industry and you have a lot of different kinds of experiences to back you up. And while you've been at it over all of this time, over these years, what are some core processes in sales and revenue operations, especially in the B2B segment, that you've seen really evolve and completely change over time? Yeah, we've come a long way, right, from the uh, old CRM days of Siebel or even Salesforce to a degree um, with spreadsheets. I mean, that's typically how a lot of businesses have been run for a long time. And I think over the last three to four years, the growth of revenue operations has been quite significant. And that function doesn't just support sales, but actually bridges systems and operational activity between marketing, sales, and even on to customer success. Um, so people and systems within revenue operations allow deeper data-driven insight, I think, than any time prior um, that was only really surfaced either through the CRM or spreadsheet analysis of data from the CRM previously. 
And there's been a real need for sales and marketing, I think, to really understand the customer buying journey and identify where a prospect is on that journey so they can engage responsibly for the best outcome. I think the buyer journey hasn't been surfaced as well ever before. And today we've got so much need technology to help you understand that. It becomes much more relevant to what we're doing every day. Absolutely. And a part of this shift in how B2B teams function today or how core processes have completely changed over time is also the innovative sales tech and sales technologies, the features and capabilities that B2B teams are exposed to today. That has also created this shift because when you have those elements available to you, you are changing the face of marketing, you are changing the face of sales, and you're changing the way leaders who master the art of figuring out what kind of MarTech or sales tech can work for them and add value to their business. So that's a very crucial aspect to look at. The ones who've sort of taken a lead on it now have different kinds of best practices to share. Then those have become fundamentals for other upcoming brands and B2B teams. So in your view, what are, what are some of the skills and top sales and revenue technologies that you believe will slowly become very much more crucial in B2B operations in the near future? Yeah, it's an interesting landscape right now, I think. When I think about all the ways you can surface intent, identify who's looking and then engaging with them. So surfacing through either G2, Clearbit, ClearBX, um, identifying intent using someone like DemandBase, engaging responsibly through many of different tools, could be Drift, could be Outreach, could be a number of different um, providers. And all that's really in, in the marketing, like, end of the journey for the customer's buying journey but it transcends into sales sales need to want to engage with those people at the right time nobody wants to buy at the wrong time everybody hates especially today when we're all so busy we're all on zoom pretty much all the time it feels like having cold outreach and cold calling that might have worked four years ago it kind of doesn't really resonate with anybody today what you want to do is buy when you're ready to buy, but you want to be informed. You want to be able to research it. And from a sales point of view and a marketing point of view, you want to know when someone's doing that to activate either more campaigns or actually activate that outreach. So you're doing it to someone who's actually interested rather than someone who may not be. And I think when you come into the sales cycle itself, when you get to that point where you're actually talking to someone um, about a project they have, a problem they've, they've got, which you're trying to solve, the tools around like Gong and Chorus, I think, are remarkable in terms of what it can enable you to uh, to listen in and learn from, from yourself, from your salespeople, from your clients. You know, it's great technology and invaluable from an enablement perspective, as well as understanding really what's going on in the marketplace. I think then also from a sales leader's point of view, um, you can use that Gong, that Chorus, help with enablement. But then there's other tools going into revenue predictability, like Clarion or Cluster, which really do surface some of the behaviours of your salespeople, just in terms of what they're doing through the sales process from a behavioural point of view, and tying up like um, the activity that's going on to the outcome of what we all want is just a sale, is uh, something that's really, really great in Clary. I think when it comes to then post-sales, there are a lot of tools as well to help you with your customer adoption, customer expansion and to continue in the customer journey because it doesn't it doesn't start and stop at the point of contracting it should go beyond that through customer success and there's a whole remit and gamut of tools to continue the journey both internally um, and with your client absolutely so while we've briefly touched upon the core trends and the core strategies 
and thoughts that are basically driving B2B teams today. We haven't really talked about the last year and the impact of this ongoing pandemic, which is slowing down in some areas and is, is, is still creating havoc in others. So while we were talking about the last few years in general, 2020 itself, along with most of this year, has, it's not only been challenging, it's been a period full of learning for B2B marketing as well as sales teams. And now as we're headed for a new year, we're pre preparing for a new quarter. What in your view are some of the top sales and sales tech trends that you feel are set to dominate for this coming year where with everyone embracing more of a hybrid culture, even hybrid event models? How do you see the B2B marketplace move? Yeah, it's quite interesting. I think Nobody quite knows yet whether we're going to have hybrid, how well the hybrid event works and uh, what the outcomes of those are going to be. But in terms of like the top technologies, I still think we're not going to go back to as many in-person meetings in the enterprise. People are quite used to buying now through Zoom and salespeople that can create relationships virtually, I think are going to be very successful, even, you know, not just in the last year, but always into the future. I do think the technologies around like Gong or Chorus, I think will get better and will allow great insight into just human behavior. I do think there's an awful lot of AI stuff that's coming as well in the sales cycle that are going to enable both salespeople and buyers to understand really what's going on a bit more. I mean, the data is, is there. It probably needs to be surfaced and learned upon. And that's kind of thing what's coming. I don't, I don't know really what's there yet. It's reliable, but AI is coming up everywhere and predictability is something we all want. So, you know, I can imagine a time when you've got a good AI that tells you that the signals are really strong enough to engage with this person because that will drive efficiency both in the sales, sales perspective but also in the customer. So I think that's coming. I just haven't seen the greatest picture of that yet. Karen, if you'd like to leave our listeners with a couple of last minute takeaways or tips when it comes to working from home or getting back to a work from office model, we'd love to hear them. Yes, good one. I think um, the greatest tip I've got for both working from home and or going back to an office model is make sure you give yourself time. I was um, contemplating my diary this last week, just how crazy it is. It's very easy to book like back to back to back to back Zoom meetings or meetings and Two years ago, we couldn't do that because we were all in offices and transiting around the place. So I think my biggest bit of advice for myself, as well as the listeners, is to um, take a hard look at the diary and make sure you, you do carve off time for thinking, um, not just doing on calls, but actually really deeply thinking about your strategies for the future, the business and where you want to take it. It doesn't matter what role you have, you've all got that part to play. And I do think we, you know, we're busier than ever. So actually carving out time for your own personal strategizing and thinking about your business is going to be really crucial, particularly as we return to a hybrid work environment. Absolutely, Karen. And on that note, we thank you for the time you've taken to spend with us and to share your tips, insights and observations of the B2B marketplace. And uh, we wish you a great day ahead. That's great, Paroma. Thank you very much. Thank you.